With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. Tracy Carter taking it all One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Welcome in New Orleans. This is the Chris Gordy Show on a Thursday, but it's game day, baby. Get ready. Fire up the grill. Do whatever you're going to do tonight. It's cold. It's going to rain like hell all day and night tonight. Saints will keep you warm as they go into the Dirty Bird Stadium to take on the Falcons and put away this NFC South race tonight. It ends tonight, Saints. Saints in Atlanta tonight, Thursday night football. I'm excited. Here's what we got on the show today. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we're going to go out to Atlanta, talk with our buddy Carl Dukes. Does radio out there in Atlanta. We'll get the Atlanta perspective on the game. 9.30, we're going to talk with our buddy Sam Spiegelman from SEC Country. Get the latest on LSU recruiting. Some news coming down yesterday with a couple of kids. and We're, we're less than two weeks away from the early signing period, so we figure we get Sam on today. Talk a little bit about that. We got coaching changes, uh, coaching hires happening in college football. We've got Roger Goodell getting a raise, a well-deserved raise for Roger Goodell. He worked hard for that one. And a whole lot more we got to get into. Uh, your phone calls are welcome. 504-260-1280. 504-260-1280. It is a Wednesday or Thursday. We welcome in producer Michael. It better be Thursday. I'm done with this week. Yeah, stupid weather and but today's game day and it's time for the Saints to go in there like you said and just take care of the dirty, smelly, stinking, disgusting birds and their goofy ass owner who looks like he wants to be a porn star <laughs> with a weird stash. Going down. He kind of looks like he kind of looks like a muppet. Arthur Blank does. I'm pretty confident he wants to be the guy that's in the movie that team gets with young or gets with old man. Oh, you're talking about his cheesy mustache that he's yeah. grew, that he grew. He was Home Depot, right? Like uh, that's how he made his fortune. I don't remember. Can't he feels, keep, he feels I can't like keep a Home Depot of billionaires. Doesn't he, doesn't he feel like he'd be in the garden center trying to sell you a bunch of flowers and different soils? <laughs> yeah, I'm not the biggest Arthur Arthur Blank fan. You mentioned Goodell though getting the extension. Yeah, how about that? Well, I mean, is it in all honesty, when you're the 
puppet of the owners and just basically doing everything <laughs> they tell you. I, I would I would ask for the moon too. Yeah. Why not? Hey, you think I can get a raise? Um, does anybody want to move on from Goodell? No, we kind of like him. He yeah. does everything we say. He might be a ding dong, and he might, yeah, but he takes all the punches. Like oh, that's why yeah. that's why I never understood Jerry Jones throwing up a, throwing up a fight about. It. I'm like, dude, the dude literally takes all the crap for you guys. Like, you guys take some of the crap, but he takes the mass majority of it. Why would you want to get rid of him? He's willing to do it. So how mu- how much is it a year? He's now going to make forty, forty a year. I'd do it for twenty. <laughs> I'd do it for two. Hell, I'd do it for one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd do it for half a mil. I mean, damn. Roger, I'd go up there and just beat the hell out of me at the podium. Roger Goodell signs his new uh, his new contract is worth up to $200 million if all incentives are met and bonuses granted. So when does he one day turn around and go buy a team? <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, that would, would be. be really interesting. It becomes such a... He he makes so much money that he eventually just buys his buys his own team. Stupid autoplay videos! I swear to you, there's nothing worse in this world than autoplay videos. Yep, just want to punch him right in the mouth. Uh, so here's the latest news on the Saints. Uh, I just saw this note. Adam Schefter is reporting Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is questionable for tonight with a toe injury. He is expected to play, however. Ingram gave us a scare when he set up both Tuesday and Wednesday's practices, but it looks like the Saints. We're just being careful. Perhaps the injury means we see a bit more Alvin Kamara and a little bit less Ingram against the Falcons, but both remain high-end fantasy football options. So there you go. I pulled Drew Brees. Is that wrong? You pulled him tonight? Yep. I'm going with Alex <laughs> watch, Smith. Watch him throw four touchdowns Exactly. Tonight. He hadn't done that all season. I pulled him. I went with Alex <laughs> Smith. Smith's going up against the Raiders. Yeah, Saints could clinch a playoff berth tonight uh, with or, or this weekend. They, if they win tonight in Atlanta, a Carolina loss or tie, and a Cowboys loss and a tie, or a Carolina loss and a Detroit Lions loss or tie, or a Detroit loss and a Green Bay loss. There's too much going on there for me to yeah. completely just, keep up just, with it. Just win tonight. All I know is that, yeah, just you need to win tonight, and that's... Although in the world of sports, who's the smartest people, Michael? They're out in the desert, right? Yeah, the the betters, Those the gamblers. People tend to know something. Yes, the, and they're, they're usually not too far off. I did beat them last night. This line opened earlier this week as the Saints were a three point favorite. It swung I all the way it around this morning. Saints plus one. Still a favorite. No, they're they're a one point underdog. Oh, okay. Well then, but it's still basically a favorite or to pick them because it's when you're em, when yeah. you're a home when you're the home team. In you're, the NFL, you typically three. get three. Yeah, yeah, you're given three. So the Saints were technically what a six point favorite when they were three. And eh, whatever, they're they're going to win the game. I'm sorry, they should. Again, it's it, you play them again in two weeks here at home. So it's not the end of the world if you lose this one. But this one just puts you for in. them. This is about the end of the world. They can't afford to lose tonight. Yeah, like, they have to win because their season is it's hanging at seven and five and. You know, you drop it to six, just not, not what you need. Yeah, you drop to seven and six, and then they've got, what do they have left? They've got at the Bucks next week, at the Saints, and then home for the Panthers. So they can win in Tampa, but then they get the same Saints team again in two weeks, and then they get home for Carolina. I, I feel like, and this is just me guesstimating, I feel like the Falcons will split these two with the Saints. I feel like the Saints are going to lose one of these two. If you're going to bet on which one it is, it's tonight, right? Right. 
Right. Short week for the Saints. Still a little, you know, Ingram's, short week for them too. Ingram's a little, well, yeah, but they didn't do. They didn't even show up against Minnesota, so they're not really. They'll oh, be look a, at you. They'll be at full look strength. At you saying, oh, they didn't even really play. Saints, Saints had to fully exert themselves against the Panthers, but you know, Lattimore's been banged up. Armstead's been banged up. Ingram's been banged up. So I mean, you know, it's you're not at full strength, but. Anyway, what I'm guessing is Atlanta splits these two. They win in Tampa next week, and then it comes down to that last game against Carolina on who who gets in as the wild card team. I could definitely see that, but it very well could be they're both the wild card teams. But Seattle, I see. I think Seattle keeps winning, so I think it's Seattle, and then the winner of that Panthers Falcons game gets in. Well, Seattle's at the five seed, so right now they're six and seven. Yeah, um, that's that's probably about right. Seattle sh- Seattle should get in. Detroit's still lurking at six and six. I mean, that's why Falcons can't lose tonight, obviously, because the if the Lions figure it out, which they're playing like crap right now, uh, but their schedule the rest of the way is easy. It looks like until their last week, they got but the Bucks, Bears, Bengals, and then Packers to finish it off. But they got to be thinking, okay, we can get at least to nine and seven with what's ahead of on our schedule. So. For the Falcons tonight, I mean, you get if you lose, you're obviously one loss away from that nine and seven cushion. So yeah, it's it's important for them. It's important for you, but it's massively important for them. It would just be nice to give them a loss tonight. The year right after they blew a Super Bowl, the game in the Super Bowl. Remember the one they were leading twenty eight to three? Yeah, that one twenty eight three. They blew that. And then the year after to not make the playoffs in your brand new stadium. That would happens just be great. so often though for these teams that go to the Super Bowl that they don't make the playoffs the next year. I mean, think back. Was it the year before the Broncos were the year before, right? I mean, they didn't. I mean, they lost Peyton, but he still sucked. They didn't make the playoffs the year after. No, I mean the Packers. Yeah. I mean the Patriots are typically in the playoffs, but that's just a whole different you know thing. They're they're just cyborgs. Yeah, it happens a lot in uh, in the NFL where teams just miss, uh, you know, teams that make the Super Bowl just have a down year the next year. That happened with the Saints. Um, you know, it happens with a lot of teams. But I was just looking, apparently, and I'm trying to find the notes here. There was, uh, the NFL sent out a note, oh, here it is, terrific turnaround. The Eagles lead the NFC East and are tied for the best record at 10-2. and two. The Eagles finished in last place in the division with a 7-9 record last year. It would mark the 14th season in the past 15 that at least one team won its division the season after it finished last place. That's unbelievable. 14 of the last 15 years, a team that finished last in the division came back the next year to win the division and and make noise in the the playoffs. The one thing for the NFL that's been going for years, and that is the ability to have parity every single season, and any team can get good out of nowhere, which I do love, but it also leads to more often it being a little watered down. When it comes to teams being all that great, Saints were the were the only one to do it in recent years and win the Super Bowl. You know, not, remember '08 they finished last in the division. '09 they bounced back, win the division, thirteen and three. And when- with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the Super Bowl. But the past few years, the teams have do it. Since since then, New Orleans did it in 09. 2010, Kansas City went from 4-12 to 10-6. 
Denver in 2011 went from four and twelve to eight and eight. That's 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 really sad that they won the division at eight and eight in 2011. That was Tebow, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Then they won a playoff. Game, uh, also, 2011, Houston went from six and ten to ten and six. The Redskins in 2012 went from five and eleven to ten and six. That's RG three year. 2013, the Panthers went from seven and nine to twelve and four. That was their Super Bowl season, right? Philly also that year went from four and twelve to ten and six. Uh, in 2014, it did not happen. That was the first year in a long time it didn't happen. And then 2015, Redskins again went from four and twelve to nine and seven. And then last year, Dallas went from four and twelve to thirteen and three. And now Dallas is going back down. Suck it, Dallas. I was Dallas just thinking about where they're at this season. Going back down. Yeah. yeah, we like when they go down. So anyway, uh, tonight we got Saints and Falcons. We'll get into some of the notes as we go along. A whole lot we got to get into this morning, including a big win for the Pelicans last night. Boogie getting it done, having a massive night against the Nuggets. We've got coaching changes in college football, specifically the SEC. It sounds like SEC's got all its coaches now. We'll get into that right after this. Chris Gordy Show. Stay there. This is Chris Gordy on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Oh, yeah, it's getting lit on a Thursday. Chris Gordy Show, 821 here in the morning. I got my Gucci suit on. Yeah, well, you better. It's about to get... I hope it's rainproof, because uh, just looking at the forecast around noon, the rain starts to come in, and it will rain for like 12 hours straight. I don't care about rain. It's going to rain all through the day, through the night, into tomorrow morning. We're going to come in at work. It's going to be cold and rainy and miserable. And they're saying, they're saying there's a chance that you know, that cold weather could become a wintry mix. Yeah, this is terrible. So but that's I'm, always for the folks on the North Shore to you worry know, about. I, I, go, I go to Colorado quite a bit, and we go skiing every every winter. Right now, there is no snow up there. It has not snowed in three weeks Wow! in the mountains. And it's cold as bleak. It has not snowed. So and it's going to snow down here. Where the hell did this front come from? I have then? no idea. Like there's literally you could you can look they're they're supposed to open the mountain today to ski on they're not doing it. By the way, I just looked, it's not going to snow here. It's just okay. that they're saying a chance of yeah they always perhaps say flurries chance. on the North Shore, but that's you know yeah that, that that rarely happens. It's too early. The problem is it's too the ground's too hot here, so it's well. I mean, it could snow, but it just hits and it melts. melts. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pro Bowl voters uh, voting is uh, still going on. We need to, uh, Saints fans need to get in on it and start voting for your Saints a little bit more. We're, we're lacking a little bit, guys. We're lacking. I mean, do you really care? Um, You know, look, you want Breeze and all the guys to get in there. It's the Pro Bowl. True. I mean, they'll be busy playing in, in the Super Bowl exactly. in Minnesota. But Where's the Pro Bowl this year? Is it? Uh, let's see. Last year it was in, I don't even remember where it was last year. Was it? They moved it to Florida, right? Orlando? Yes. Pro Bowl kicks off. Be televised live from Camping World Stadium. That's, uh, yeah, that's Orlando. Florida. Yeah. Man, what a great place to go. I bet the players well, are super Well, but what pumped. they tied that into is so the players could bring their kids to Disney World and all that. Because the thing is, like, when they, when they went to Hawaii, it was fun for the players and their wives and stuff, but there was like... You know, do you bring the kids with you? No, I wouldn't. It's not a, a whole lot. It's an adult vacation. It's expensive to go to Hawaii. Oh, man, those to, football players, they have it real rough. It's so expensive to go to Hawaii. 
They don't make millions. There's very little entertainment it. value, though, in the Pro Bowl. There's it's no just, entertainment value no matter where it's played. The only fun thing is watching Breeze throw to guys he wouldn't normally throw to. You know, that's like Drew Breeze to Demarius Thomas. Like, what in nah, the hell? I haven't watched a Pro Bowl in probably... I mean, I've watched set, brief moments of it, but haven't sat down and like legitimately put in time watching it in probably 15 years. They I tried bet. something new. Was it last year or the year before where they like drafted teams and they, they mixed oh, up okay. the, the NFC and AFC? But this year, I think they're going, they're back to the NFC-AFC thing. But anyway, your leading vote-getters, uh, Drew Brees is among your top 10 vote-getters, so, so he'll be in there. But outside of Drew, it looks like a whole lot of... Eagles and Rams on the NFC side. Todd Gurley, your leading running back voter. It's not much of a shock that when the um, Saints are getting split, though. I mean, between Kamara and Ingram, you know, like are they are they splitting the vote? So anyway, we'll see. We'll 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 keep you up to date on that. But certainly a Pro Bowl type season for those guys, and it would be. Wouldn't it be amazing if Kamara could make it as the an all-purpose, you know, like put him in as an all-purpose guy? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. Put him in, but I'm not going to watch it, to be honest with you. Unless you're going to have a big party and feed me, Gordy. I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to watch. The uh, Did you see that the coaching um, hires have been going down? Yesterday, we, we, we heard the rumor, and it was made official, that Chad Morris had been hired by Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. I think it's a good hire for them. Gets them back into the offensive 21st century after going through the Brett Bielma era. Right. No, exactly. Um, it, I saw a quote from Deshaun Watson, the Texans quarterback. He said, Arkansas got a great coach at Chad Morris. What I love about him the most is he's a very loyal man. He's been there since day one for me and been that father figure I never had in my life. He's very energetic, very truthful, very honest. He makes everyone around him better and has a bright future. Arkansas hired the right man to lead their football program. All love to the Morris family. It's quite an endorsement from Deshaun Watson for the new Arkansas head coach. He's not so loyal there, Deshaun. He's leaving SMU. That's <laughs> no. not called loyalty. Well, it's, it's not like that's on loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. But it's you know, come on, you're at SMU. And I know. You, and you could leave for Arkansas. They're paying him. I think I think I read three point seven mil, three and a half mil, something like that. That's what he got from Arkansas. Yeah. What was he making at SMU? Probably under two. Okay. I mean, that's I mean, he's got a lot of money, but he was probably he had to be making two because he was making over a million when he was at Clemson. I don't know. I, I like the hire. I think it's a good hire for them. I check think out it, check out his buyout schedule though. After to December twenty eighteen, it's fourteen and a half mil. After December twenty nineteen, so that would be what next year is twenty eighteen. So that'd be one full season. Two after two full seasons, it's twelve point two. After twenty December twenty twenty, it's nine point eight. So after three years, if he's just sucking and bombing, his buyout's still close to $10 million. Look, they just bought out Bielema. Do you really think they care? Yeah, they care because no. they're pay- paying out Bielema. And they're, they have to pay out. See, I just don't, don't care. I don't they know, don't care. I don't. The, whoever negotiates these buyouts, the, well, I mean, the, agents, are, coach, the getting, agents are geniuses. Like, you literally won't leave. Like You're not getting rid of a coach unless he absolutely is the bomb of all bombs after three seasons. He's going to get three years to figure it out, to try and get it get what his Biel, what, program What done. did Bielema get? Like six? Bielema was there that long? He was a while. He was not there six years. It was at least five. Really? Yes, I'm pulling it up now. Hang on. Good God. I'm telling you, he was there for at least five years. 2013. 2013, 14, 15, 16, 
Five seasons. I'm telling you. Well, he, yeah. Yeah, it's five seasons. I guess he, he did make it through this whole season. Yeah, he did. He just didn't, well, I mean, they didn't make a bowl game, so. He was at Wisconsin seven. Yeah. I just, it felt like he was at Wisconsin a little bit longer than that. But, um, no, I mean, look, it, it, but but look at look at the average lifespan of coaches now. I mean, you basically get three years to prove it. Now, if you have a really good year in there, that buys you another year or two. So, That's what I'm saying. Like, but, Bielma, Bielma went, you know, his first year sucked, and then he had progress the next year, then there was progress the third year, so then he got his fourth, and it was a little bit of a step back, and then the hot seat was on. So it's that t- I mean, five years is, feels like it's about – you know, normal for what you're giving a coach if you if it's not a complete and utter no, I disaster. I think it's less than that. No, I'm telling you, it's going to be five. Like McElwain got two and a half. Yeah, but McElwain was at a program that has insane expectations of being a a national. He won the, he won the East both years. I understand that. Do you, what's the level of expectation for Chad Morris in his first year at Arkansas? Just oh, to win no, more than four games. Yeah, there are no expectations. That's why it'll last five years, at least. I think three, three. You better be turning the corner. Yeah. If he hit, look, if he goes out and goes four and eight for three straight years, guess what? They'll fire him. That's what I think. So far, talking with some, but Ag- he's not going to go four and eight for three straight years. Talking with some Aggie fans this week, like the Aggies are the ultimate. They will give you like they 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 give you the longest rope. <laughs> like I asked, I was talking to an Aggie. I was like, well, and within three years, Jimbo better be competing within the the West, right? Well, you know, we'll see. These things take time. I'm well, like, Jesus. gave him a 10-year con. Like, I don't understand the... the a 10-year deal, so you're hoping by year nine you're competing for a title? Like, good no, but God. This, th- this thought process of you're going to get everybody canned after three years is just dumb. Like, you got to let programs build. you got to let guys get players in it. It just doesn't happen I in think three years. I, need to, I mean, I need to go and make a list, but I think if we made a list and looked at all the coaches that were... Hired and fired within the last five, six, seven years. I, I'm willing to bet the lifespan of a lot of these guys is getting shorter and shorter. Well, yeah, it's because people are stupid and they have short leashes for an idiotic reason half the time. Like I'm not saying that these guys shouldn't. Like the the situations that popped up. Someone, so who was fired prematurely? Does, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying what I'm saying is like this thought process that you have to fire everybody after three years is stupid. Well, uh, what I'm saying is the expectation. If if you're at a school where the expectations remain high. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, but you, you're you, also you saying that expectations some are... Some signs of life. Some yeah. signs of good things happening. And I, and I would bet on all these coaches doing that because it's typically how it goes. They show life early and then it gets bad later. How long has Derek Mason been at Vanderbilt? Uh, two, three years. I'm willing to bet he's... Yeah, 2014. I'm willing, So this... He just wrapped up his fourth year. I'm, will, I'm willing to bet. So I guess you're probably more right. Probably four to five is the... Yeah. How long was Butch Jones at Tennessee? If he's not turning it around next year, I bet Derek Mason's fired. I mean, it's also Vanderbilt. They probably like the cheap contract that he's got. Uh, Butch was hired in 2013, so he had five seasons. Well, yeah, f- f- almost five. Yeah, he was into his fifth season. 
He got through most of his fifth season. These seasons just fly by. It just you. doesn't feel like these guys are here that long. It's you got to give them some time, and that's what it is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Derek, Ray, Derek Mason should be on the hot seat. If you're Willie Taggart, you get one year at Oregon. So, <laughs> good God. But he quit. I know, I know. But did you see the uh, kid who tweeted out that he sat in his living room on Monday and promised him he wasn't going anywhere and he was staying with Oregon? Oh, God. He's like, kid, he's like he, he sat in my living room and promised me and my dad he was going to be there. What a liar. Well. I'm like, well, what do you want him to do? It's, welcome, a, stick, it's a sticky situation. Welcome to sleazeball college football. You got to keep recruiting at, while you're at that school until the new deal comes in, right? Yep. <laughs> it's just it's just how it is. All right, quick time out. We'll come back. We'll uh, continue the conversation here. Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280, New Orleans. The uncensored talk about your teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. I was dreaming of bigger things and want to leave my own life behind. Welcome back in, Chris Gordy Show. I just play this day. song every day, so I want to slap the hell oh, out yeah. of you. Take a number. And the lightning and the thunder. That's great music. Um, I was just listening to. Do you know who Diana Rossini is? Uh, re- she talks a lot. She's a reporter for ESPN. Know. She was on. Uh, ESPN yesterday talking about... She's always reporting stuff like she knows things, and then I feel like they never come true. Mm, she's got some connections. I think she was covering the Redskins for a while, and she, got a, she made a you lot of contacts the, You ever with heard them. the rumor of how she got all those contacts with the Redskins? I did. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. I won't, I won't spread rumors like that. Uh, but she was on ESPN yesterday talking about her. She got her fortune told in New Orleans, and she said, uh, I just... I've never done that. She said, uh, I was... On ESPN talking about how great the, the city of New Orleans is when the Saints win, except the fact that the fortune tellers gave me the worst fortunes. Nothing but doom and gloom in my future. Yeah. I mean, look, some some are some seem legit, and then there's other ones who are just like, you know, they're not the best. I um I, I've never done it. I've always been interested to do it. But I'm pretty confident that if I do it, it's gonna come out and I'm gonna be told that all these bad things are going to happen and be like, well, I shouldn't have done that. But then I'm going to be like, you know what? It's not right. It's not true because it's some dingus sitting there telling me something that they don't know. So the name Damian Craig should ring a bell. He is a uh, former quarterback, of course, played at Auburn, among other places. He was a grad assistant at LSU back in 04 and then was LSU's wide receivers coach last season. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, 2016 season, not this past season. But uh, and then he left, and he went to Florida State, where he was, I think, the quarterbacks coach this past year. Okay. Or, or no, he was quality control coach. That's what he was under Jimbo Fisher. It was the second time Craig has worked for FSU and Florida State. Well, Bruce Feldman just putting out there, I'm hearing Damian Craig, who played quarterback for Jimbo Fisher at Auburn, is expected to follow his old coach to Texas A&M as an offensive assistant, probably coaching the wide receivers. Ex-Miami OC James Coley, now at Georgia, is expected to end up as uh, Texas A&M's offensive coordinator working with Jimbo once again. Here's the problem with Damian. The reason LSU got rid of him after a year? Because he couldn't recruit. He sucked. All the recruits in, 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 in Louisiana that he went after and was like, all right, Damian, need you to go close the deal. He couldn't do it. Like the kids signed with Alabama or wherever else. So it was like, Coach O was like, look, man. Like, See we, can, we can get anybody to come in here and coach up receivers. Main reason we brought you here was to, to help recruit. You ain't doing that. So, see you later. Because he's from Mobile originally, so they wanted him to 
to go in. You know, hey, you got ties with a lot of the coaches in the state of Alabama. We want you to go in there and lock up some of those recruits. Couldn't do it. So good luck, Jimbo, bringing on a guy who can't really help recruit. Well, I don't think he's worried about it. And then there was talk that maybe there was a possibility that uh, Chief John Chavis could stick around and be the DC with under Jimbo. I haven't heard any more else on that. But what's the biggest gripe on Chief? He can't recruit. He does. He he doesn't like to recruit. So All right, would you? Uh, well, no. I mean, not once you get up. To Unless that, you give to me a age. bunch of bags of money. <laughs> well. That's happening at some schools. The uh, the other big hire that we that we didn't talk about, or it's expected to happen today, sounds like Jeremy Pruitt, the defense coordinator at Alabama, is going to be announced as the new head coach at Tennessee. I'm sure that's going to work out. Yeah, I think it's better than Greg Schiano. Jeremy Pruitt's at least he's been at Alabama. Feels like his his whole life. He went to school at Alabama, pl- played at Alabama. Uh, it's was Tennessee a, again. Was a I, grad assistant there. I don't expect anything to work out for them. Um, we talked about this yesterday. Was an assistant coach at Hoover High, and then was at Alabama from 07 to 09, and then 2010 to 2012. Went to Florida State for a year, went to Georgia for two years, and then he was back at Alabama the past two years and doing a good job there. Defensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide, and seems like he may be announced soon as the new head coach at Tennessee. Um, I just saw this uh, this tweet. If Tennessee finally makes it to the altar with Jeremy Pruitt, every head coach in the SEC East, except for Florida's Dan Mullen, will be an ex-defensive coordinator. Smart, Stoops, Odom, Muschamp, and Mason, all ex-DCs. So that tells you the SEC East about to get a little bit more defensive. Defensive-minded. Okay. Defensive-minded. No offense played here. <laughs> well, Screw the 21st century. You love Dan Mullen. It's funny, though. I was reading, uh, I was reading something last night. Uh, it was like a poll question somebody put out there. They said, you know, who is the best hire, in your opinion, who's the best hire and the worst hire so far in the SEC? And I couldn't believe how split it was on Dan Mullen. Like, there were people who were like, home run hire, best hire of the offseason was Dan Mullen in Florida. Perfect fit. And then there were other people, train wreck, not going to work. <laughs> like, good God. Like, I mean, I people are very split on that one. He was very average. At Mississippi State. Now, look, it's a program that he boosted to the spot that they're I mean, at now. He had but... them up to number one. Okay, for a week before yeah, they actually a couple before, weeks. before they played anybody and it was, lost. It was a couple weeks, but that I mean that's that that's unheard of at Mississippi State. Yeah, but that's also because there's an SEC bias in the votes. Oh, please! Here comes Mr. Big Twelve. No, I'm not Mr. Big Twelve. I don't give a crap about the Big Twelve. I don't have any bias towards any conference. Anybody that doesn't think that the SEC teams get more votes than the other schools because they got the the letters SEC in front of them, it's I think they're idiots. That's well, they had mean. they had Dak Prescott, who was incredible, torching everybody. What year was this? It's a couple years ago. What year? I don't remember. Now you're going to make me do work. I don't want to do work. It was, just know Alabama or Mississippi State was no, the number one team in the country for. a couple I know of that weeks. And they didn't play anybody. They they had some nice. They beat LSU. Okay, I think in Tiger Stadium. Tough. It is. Sure. It's a tough place to play. Less Miles Miles LSU team. That was real tough to do. (laughs) Hey, Les won eight, nine games a year. Oh, man. Eight, nine games a year. Sometimes more than that. Oh. You're just upset that uh, Texas Tech can't can't get over the seven-win mark. I'm always upset because Cliff Kingsbury is the best-looking man on this face of the earth, and he just sucks at coaching football. Yeah, okay. Well, actually, you know what? That year they got to number one. You're right. They did have a decent. They did have a decent run. 
<laughs> they beat number nine, number eight LSU. They beat number six A and M. They beat number two Auburn. Yeah, and then they finally lost to number five Alabama, and then lost the Egg Bowl. Yeah, and they lost in Tuscaloosa. And then they lost the then they lost their bowl game to Georgia Tech. Way to go! Your season completely flawed and not worthy of any compliments. Now you lost to Georgia Tech, but that's still I'm not, you lost to Georgia Tech. You went ten and three. In the S- at Mississippi State, Dan Mullen, they will they will erect a statue of yeah. him there one day. Yeah, but again, point being, we don't know what he's going to be like at Florida. At Florida, you get more resources, you get so better what, recruits, what you get better he, this, better that. Can he take that program to the next level like he did year, Mississippi State? What year does he make his triumphant return to Starkville to be the head coach again? Oh God, I don't know. I have to look it up. Like when he gets fired at Florida, there's a hundred percent chance he's going to get rehired there, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. They'll welcome him. Well, we'll see how Joe Moorhead does, but they will welcome him back so quickly. So quickly. So, uh, anyway, but Jerry Pruitt sounds like he'll be the last coaching hire in the SEC, and you'll lock everything up. What do you make of the of the hires across the SEC, from Mullen to Florida, Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State, Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee, Chad Morris at Arkansas? What do you make of all the, the new hires? I think they're I, all... I think they're all you, there's not like... One bait, like, there's none that you can look at and go, that's a bad hire. Like, I think they're all generally... I don't, I mean, I don't know what to think about the Pruitt guy, but again, Tennessee being as big of a mess as they are, I don't expect anything to ever work there because they're just an absolute mitigated disaster of a program. And they got Phil Fulmer up there, who's just a total douche, you can totally tell. Everything you read about it. Um, you know, Miss, Ole Miss sticking with Matt Luke, whatever, it's smart. You might as well pay somebody the, le- the least amount of money you can while your team's going to suck for a few years. Yeah, that's what I, I saw. One guy said that, uh, one guy tweeted that he didn't like that high. Uh, uh, they need to go out and hire some. I'm like, you just got sanctions. Like, there's, stink. there's nobody that you could have sold on that. Hey, look, I know we got a couple bowl bands and we're losing recruit, uh, we're losing scholarships and all this, but please come take our job. Like it was a smart thing to do. You give Matt Luke a deal. They got works in, out. Like they got an easy out he... after a couple of years, and then it's fully incentive laden if he if he overachieves there. Right. Um. So that one, whatever. Mississippi State, whatever. He's not from the South. I doubt he's gonna have the success that that Dan Mullen did there. It's probably a three or four year thing, and he's gone. Um. Arkansas. I'm a huge Chad Morris fan. I think the Chad Morris is going to do big things there, and I think that he's going to get them back to that state that they were at when Petrino was there before his exit happened. I honestly do, because I think he's one of the best offensive minds in all college football. And See, but that's the tough part about it is he can, you, can, he you can think like he's going crazy. to do well, but the fact he's going up against Saban, Ogeron, Jimbo Fisher, okay, like, well, again, it's, it's Petr- hard, Petrino did it in the same side of the conference. Like He had them to that point where they were a 10-win team. I think that Chad Morris personally is that type of coach because he recruits well and he's one of the better offensive minds in all of college football. I have no doubt that he's going to get players that are going to play into that system and they're going to play really well. He he was the he was the one pulling the strings on all those look it was talent, but he was pulling the strings on all those Clemson defenses for or offenses for years. Petrino really, Petrino really only had two good years at Arkansas. And both he was there for what, three? Four years. Okay, so, oh, man, he only had His two last good years. Two years he, he came finished. in and inherited a mess and turned into a, into a monster for Arkansas for the first time in a long time. His last two years, he tied for second in the West in 2010 and finished third in the West in 2011. Yeah, but get, look at the wins. 10 and then 11. Right. It went up every year, 5, 8, 10, 11. I completely expect Chad Morse to be that kind of 
rise at Arkansas. Well, it's that Sugar Bowl, remember, to Ohio State. They had the lead late, and here comes uh, here come the Buckeyes. Dane Sansenbacher, remember him? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Devere Posey was on that game on that team. They had a lot of they had a lot of talent on the Ohio State team. But anyway, so the but point being, the best he you you're, you're touting Petrino. The best he could do was tied for second in the West again. What, what's just your a, expectation? He went ten and three. Like you're sitting there, you're slobbering all over Dan what, Mullen for going ten and three in the SEC. What I'm saying Why is, can't Petrino get some love for going ten and three for Jimbo for Chad Morris for Ed Ogeron is. Eventually, one of them needs to break through and win the West over Malzahn and And, and guess what's Saban. probably not going to happen? That. Well, Malzahn did it this year. Yeah, okay. He's been the only one that's done it. Well, LSU won the beat Saban for the SEC in 2011. Yeah, Les Miles ain't there anymore. They just had to... Well, you were just bashing Les Miles two minutes ago. Les Miles ain't there anymore. Okay. Sorry, they got a better at coach. Maybe. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, got more we got to get into. It's the Chris Gordy Show. Stay there. Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280, New Orleans. All right, welcome back in Chris Gordy Show here on a Thursday game day in Atlanta as the Saints are out there getting ready to take on the Falcons. Thought we'd squeeze in this guy, grab a couple minutes with him as he is out there in the ATL. He is Sharif Ochak from WDSU. Sharif, what's going on, man? Welcome in. Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, no problem, man. Doing good, doing good. So I guess uh, set the stage for us. What uh, what's it like there in Atlanta? I know you caught up with uh, the old coach uh, Coach Mora last night, and what's the what's the tone over there in the ATL? The tone over here is uh, it's pretty optimistic, man. Got a lot of Saints fans in Atlanta, which shouldn't be a surprise, and in doing it on a short week too. So I expect it to be a, a pretty raucous crowd with the Saints fans in uh, in the uh, in. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I know uh, a lot of seats are usually empty whenever the Falcons play a home game, but that will not be the case uh, at 7.30 tonight when these two teams kick it off. And I think it's going to be a pretty good game, Chris, to be honest with you. Update us on the, the – we know the Saints have been a little banged up all week. We know Lattimore got really close to playing last week. Uh, and then we, we've heard all week that Mark Ingram's been banged up, Teron Armstead's been banged up. What's the latest on some of these guys, and uh, should we expect them all to play? I'd probably expect every one of those guys to play, with the exception of Teron Armstead. He's probably 50-50 and probably closer to the game-time decision. But I think uh, Lattimore will be ready and Mark Ingram will be ready. Andres Pete will not be playing. So, you know, the more they lose in that offensive line, it, it hurts them, especially in the running game, because the Saints have had, you know, the top offensive line in terms of, like, running game. And, and they've done a pretty solid job this season for Drew Brees uh, uh, with all the uh, – when he drops back into passing, doesn't have been sacked that many times. But not to have Armstead and Pete, that's, that hurts. I mean, cause they, they really open up some big holes in the running game. So we'll see about uh, Teron Armstead closer to game time. If he plays, I'll be pretty shocked. It's amazing. And you, you mentioned uh, Lattimore there. I think it's a good sign if, if they get him back because uh, when he's played, he's been outstanding this season. And it's funny, when you look at the Falcons, uh, their best receiver, Julio Jones, has kind of had an up-and-down season. Two weeks ago, he goes off for over 200 yards receiving against the Bucks, And then this past week against Minnesota, Xavier Rhodes, their, their stud corner shuts him down, basically. So uh, you got to think the Saints are, are hoping to get Lattimore out there and put him one-on-one with, with Julio tonight. Yeah, you know, Chris, that's one of the keys of the game. Do not let 
Julio Jones have a 253-yard performance like he did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that goes without saying, but, you know, Julio Jones tends to get some catches against the Saints, you know, in these games. Although he's, although the Saints did a good job against him last year at the Superdome. They only held him to one catch for 16 yards. If they did something like that, the Saints might roll in this game, but they still got a lot of other things to worry about than Julio Jones. Matt Ryan and that offense is pretty explosive, especially with the uh, their version of Kamara and Ingram with Coleman and and Freeman back there. So there's a lot to get to in terms of uh, that offense, slowing it down. We've been talking all week about how with the Saints, with a lot of guys banged up and on a short week, it, it's a tough place to go in and play on the road. But, you know, the other side of it, it's a short week for Atlanta as well. And they're licking their wounds after basically getting shut down by the by the Vikings a week ago. Uh, you think there's an edge either way for, for either team tonight? And it's funny, the, the point spread, I saw it started off early, early in the week with the Saints as a a couple of point favorite, and then this morning I checked it, and the Saints are actually a one point underdog now. So, is there any? It feels like there's a little momentum moving towards the Falcons side. Well, I mean, yeah, because everyone's betting on the Saints to win the game, so you know how that works. It all swings <laughs> to the other way. But if you really want to be honest, it's probably still a two point favorite because you get three points for being the home team and having the home field advantage. So, if you look at it, the Saints are probably still the favorite. But you know they have the edge because they're at home. You know, most most teams in, on Thursday night football usually have the edge at home, and that's been the case since this thing has been uh, started. So, yeah, they have a little edge, but you got to understand the Minnesota Vikings game was more physical and a tougher game for them than the Panthers game was for the Saints. So, you know, they got beat up pretty well. I mean, I know their injury list isn't as long as the Saints, but, hey, you know, the Saints have been playing good football this season, winning nine of ten games, you know, showing that they are much better on defense, and maybe, and just maybe, they can uh, play just as good as defense last week or a few weeks ago, and that, that they can tonight. You know, that's what that's going to be the key to the game. Chris, they have to play lockdown defense on the receivers and make them run the ball. If they can do that, and, and and you know, not let Matt uh, Matt Ryan throw the ball under Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu, they have a chance to win. He is Sharif Ishak of WDSU. Sharif, thanks for jumping on with us, man. We really appreciate you uh, waking up a little early over there on the east side and, uh, and jumping on with us. Oh, man, no problem. All right, thanks a lot. Follow him on Twitter, at Sharif WDSU. He is live out there in Atlanta, and, of course, they'll have the uh, uh, their postgame coverage and all that out there in uh, in Atlanta on WDSU. Uh, Fletcher Mackle and those guys do a, do a great job with – the old ball coach, Coach Jim Mora, joining them on their uh, post-game coverage. Will he curse tonight on the television? <laughs> it's always a chance. I don't believe you. What are you doing? <laughs> that was great. i got to find, gotta the, find yeah, that clip no. again. He's the easy. To me, he's the, one we're of the not easiest. On the, we're not on the air. He's one of the easiest no, no, people no, to really do are. Uh, He's super easy to do an impression. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Playoffs? Uh, playoffs? It's kind of like Herm Edwards, too. You Scott, play the to win the gym. The less patient you get with us, is that true? Who said that? Scott. Tell <laughs> Scotty's full of stuff. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay about that. Tell Scotty's full of. That's so great. That's so great. How about him? I mean, it, I like his, to drink with Jim Mora. His son just got fired. Do you think he gets back into coaching and all that? The, Which one? The son? The father. No. I mean, Herm Edwards got a job. How old is Jim Mora Sr.? He's going to be 85. Herm Edward, if Herm Edwards at Arizona State works out, then I think Jim Mora Sr. gets a phone call from some college. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like a middle tier pro. Like Indiana. Needs a, needs a, let's say Illinois fires Lovey Jim Smith. Jim Morris Sr. is 82. Yeah, I'd hire him. <laughs>
Let him come coach and throw things around and curse out reporters. I mean, <laughs> we need more coaches like him in the business. I, I'm with you. That would be nice. You play. You, I missed the huddle. Edwards is just gold. Did you see that picture of him yesterday in his office in Arizona Holding State? Holding up the jersey. Yeah, and he's like, what is this tiny thing? They, they, he said, is this a girl's jersey? I said, no, that's the player. The players wear that. He's like, this is a player's jersey? I was like, oh, my they God. They stretch, Herm. How old is he? <laughs> All right, hour number one is in the I'm books. the guy that was on TV. Hour number two, we get things started. We'll talk with our buddy Carl Dukes, get the Atlanta perspective. He covers the uh, the Falcon side of things. If we survive, yeah. our room is super hot in here. Uh, and then we'll talk with uh, Sam Spiegelman, talk some LSU recruiting as well. All that coming up in hour number two. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.